For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Chalk Talk Coronavirus Edition. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast all about gymnastics. And apparently today we're going to be talking all about what has taken the world by storm. Obviously, the quarantine that we are all involved in. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly. We hope everyone is hanging in there, staying safe and healthy and not losing your mind as we all sit (laughs) in our homes awaiting next steps. Uh, We just thought that it would be a good idea to bring everyone some light and some entertainment in a time like this, but obviously we are very sensitive to everything that's going on. If any of our listeners uh, have have been affected by coronavirus or are dealing with the worry and anxiety associated with it, we are here for you. Our thoughts and prayers are with everybody, but we just wanted to bring some joy and light in any way possible. So we have a great show prepared for you today. We're, of course, going to talk about all the news that's happening, how the coronavirus affected both the NCAA and how it could potentially affect the Olympics. And then once again, we have a phenomenal guest that we are both so excited to chat with. She needs no introduction. Maggie Nichols is going to be joining us, talk all about her amazing career, how it abruptly came to an end and what is next for her. So you want to stay tuned for that. McKenna, how are you dealing with being locked in your house, girl? I am struggling. (laughs) You know, I'm actually okay because I think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, post-graduation. I was doing a lot of this, just kind of sitting around (laughs) and every now and then I would have some work things to do, um, but it wasn't like a constant thing. And then I just got started with um, coaching myself and, um, now our gym is closed. So I'm kind of, and I only had like three weeks, um, with my, with my team. So, um, you know, before a routine could really get started, it kind of feels like I'm back to square one. So not too bad, but I definitely am someone who loves structure. So I'm trying to come up with like a quarantine routine, um, (laughs) that kind of keeps me sane, kind of keeps me looking forward to things throughout my day. Um, and, and I actually struggle with depression and anxiety. So that is, and I, and to listeners out there that are kind of in the same boat, I know that this is a really weird and a little bit of a frightening time for you guys. Um, just because, you know, there's a lot of downtime, a lot of alone time. Um, so I understand where you're coming from 
if, if I can give any advice, come up with a routine, kind of like maybe by the hour, something you can do, um, keep yourself busy. But so far, it's been so good. Um, I've been binge watching that 70s show, and that's been a huge hit for me. <laughs> Love it. Um, a lot of at-home workouts I'm seeing are all over the yeah. place. So um, I feel like for the most part, everyone's coming together. Um, I'm not seeing that much negativity, which is, I think, a really great thing. I feel like, you know, the world is always chock full of that, no pun intended here, um, on Chalk Talk. <laughs> but I do feel like um, the gym internet and, and even just the whole world is kind of coming together with this. I mean, we have to be together and stand strong and um, follow directions and, and we'll get through this. Yeah. I mean, I thought about that the other day. Like, it's unique in the sense that every single person, mm-hmm. celebrity, mm-hmm. regular person, like athlete, non-athlete, everyone has this thing in common, which is yeah. so wild to me. Yeah. Um, you got to try and find the positive in it. Right. So you have to. I, I have been trying to find things that I haven't had the time to do that now right. I can do or uh, just kind of get creative with stuff to do. But I am someone who loves to be busy and be around people. So yeah. this is torture for me. Like I'm not a homebody. So I am yeah. getting a little stir crazy. Um, <laughs> the highlight of my day is like going for a walk around my neighborhood. But right, right. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Um, the fact that you're binging that 70s show, you're the first person that I've heard say that one. Um, yeah, I know. That's a pretty good one. My sister has been binge watching Boy Meets World. And I thought Ooh. that was such a good call. Oh, such a feel that's good a feel good. Yes, yes. I know. Oh my god, I know. that's a good one. There's also been some fun little uh, social media challenges. Again, people are just having to get creative. We all yeah. are. Uh, our guy Bart Connor has started one, I and saw he's trying that. to get former gymnasts to kind of post different things. He posted a video of swinging on bars. He's like 60. The man right. is freaking unreal. He's yeah, awesome. He's and Kathy Johnson-Clark posted some videos. Uh, There's just different ones going around. McKenna, I saw you participated in one that was like a fail challenge. Yeah, yeah. So on Twitter, um, someone posted like, let's, you know, I'm in need of something to make me laugh. Like, let's post, let's make a thread of like our best failed gymnastics videos. And so I posted mine. Oh, it's hysterical. And honestly, like if anyone's looking for gymnastics entertainment, just go on Twitter. There's like several hashtags trending now. So Everyone go check those out. They're pretty entertaining. All right. Well, let's talk about this whole thing in regards to NCAA, because um, obviously when the news started to come out, everyone was curious if if it would be a postponed situation, if they would reschedule, how long would, this was going to last. And then the NCAA announced that everything was canceled. Season was over. Uh, which means a a very abrupt halt for these athletes that have poured their heart and soul into this season. Uh, And we talk about it all the time with gymnastics. You're really working toward postseason. That is, that is the goal. It it almost feels like all of this is, is work toward that. So a lot of people feel like being robbed of postseason is equivalent to being robbed of a season. Um, So obviously it, it kind of took the sports world by storm, but in regards to gymnastics, McKenna, just talk on what this would have been like if this happened to you, uh, given the fact that gymnastics is a situation that you devote your entire life to. And and we talk all the time about how it becomes part of who you are. And yeah. you kind of have to 
ideally prepare for that end and, and mm-hmm. postseason mm-hmm. kind of softens the blow of that. Yeah. So for these girls who just abruptly got told in the middle of practice, you are done with gymnastics, like how, how in the world would you cope with that? Um, I'd imagine there is so much shock. Um, I, probably, you know, this can't be real or maybe they'll just postpone it. Um, but I, I mean, actually – What's crazy is I, I thought about this, you know, I had the option to take a fifth year and this would have been my fifth mm-hmm. year. And to like, that made me think, well, in a sense, what a waste, what a waste that would have been. Um, yeah. And I can't imagine how those girls feel. And I can't imagine how those girls taking a fifth year um, oh, yeah. are feeling. Maybe, you know, they were hoping for redemption from an injury or, you know, maybe, oh, I'm finally in the lineup. And, and now they're not getting that chance to kind of finish on that strong note. But it also makes me think, you know, we have to cherish every moment. We have to cherish every mm-hmm. single moment, every single competition, every single second that you get to wear that university across your your leotard and that tattoo on your face. Like you're representing that school and, and you need to soak up every single moment. Those girls didn't know that was their last meet. And and right. I can't imagine some of them maybe feeling regret. Like, man, if I would, like, I wish I wouldn't have gotten upset when I made that mistake and just would have enjoyed the moment, or I wish I would have taken practice more seriously. I mean, it, it just makes me think about the the what ifs, and that's what breaks my heart more than anything because they don't get that second chance. They don't get that exactly. that you know that moment to, of redemption. Like, oh, like you know, now I'm ready. Now I can give it my all. Now I know it's my last meet, and that breaks my heart because they didn't get that final that final go around and um, kind of getting to finish on an incredible season. Right. I, I mean, there's really no way to sugarcoat it. Like, obviously, yeah. you got to try and find yeah. the positive, but it's devastating. And I, I don't – there's really no good way around this because, unfortunately, um, the NCAA is reviewing eligibility for spring athletes, baseball, softball, who barely tapped into their season right. at all. Right. But winter athletes are almost definitely not going to be granted that option because they – already completed so right. much of their season. And right. I, I mean, like, I hate that for basketball players too. Like March Madness is such a big part of being yeah. a basketball player and they yeah. got robbed of that. You know, I think these these athletes and especially the gymnasts have to remember, you know, in the moments where it feels like this season was for nothing, because I've, I've seen people say that. And obviously that's a thought that crosses your mind. Sure. Like sure. when I think back to all the you know, conversations we've had and the analysis we've done of meets and teams. And it does kind of feel like, okay, well, that was all useless. But the reality is you do the sport for the memories that you make. You do the sport for how it builds you as a person. You do the sport for the experiences that you have. And every single gymnast that was a part of a team this season is walking away with amazing experiences and memories and and relationships. And and those are more important than postseason. But in in this time and, yeah. and kind of the newness of it, it's incredibly difficult to wrap your mind around that. And I just, it's so difficult and I, I don't, really see how they could be because here's the thing with the eligibility thing uh, how are we going to deal with the scholarships because each team is allocated a certain number of scholarships per team so are we not going to give scholarships to incoming freshmen that's if we keep the seniors like or or do the seniors have the option to stay but they can't be on scholarship like there's yeah. there's a lot of detail. The devil is in the details, right? And yeah. the NCAA is going to have to work through that. But those are conversations that that people have to realize. This isn't just like a an easy answer for mm-hmm. the NCAA. There's a lot of logistics that will go into it. 
Totally. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how they'll come across that because I mean, when you have incoming freshmen, like you mentioned, and, and only so many scholarships to a team and only so much money allotted from the university. I mean, it, it's a money thing. It's a money thing. It's not, yeah. we don't care about the kids. We don't care about this and that. It's, it comes down to like statistically and financially, like, can we support this? Like it, it's a whole new shift. It's a whole new shift for everyone yeah. because I mean, think about it. And I don't know if I didn't know this until I was on the team and maybe a few years in. So the gear that the girls wear, I mean, down from their t-shirts to their slides to shorts and all of that, leotards, like everything is ordered the year before. Everything's ordered the year before, sizes, all of that. So, I mean, they'll have to go back and order more things and it may not come in in time. So, I mean, and that's a little thing, but I mean, those are the things they're going to have to think about and, and traveling yeah. for meets and, and arrangements and everything is prepared for the next season already. So in terms of like, meets too and potential lineups like the coaches are already thinking about those things I mean there's a whole lot that goes into this and I unfortunately I really don't know how much they can do I don't I don't know if it is possible yeah oh gosh it's so sticky and then you get into okay athletes that took this year as their red shirt year does this year still count or do they get another red shirt year opportunity like there's just so many little nuances associated with things like this and uh, if, if you reopen, it's not just a one sport situation. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if we're going to extend this offer to seniors in gymnastics, we have to grant it to basketball as well. Men's right. and women's the university is going to have to allocate funds for lots of students. This isn't just three or four people yeah. this is affecting. So, yeah. and they've already decided to do it for spring, which I, I totally agree with. I mean, they got essentially robbed of all of their experiences. Right. So I, I get that. And they're already talking about ways to develop those funds and, and kind of how they're going to handle that when it comes to scholarship. But y'all, there's just so many details associated yeah. with it. I've seen so many people calling for the NCAA to offer it to gymna- gymnasts. And I, I totally understand, but there there's way more to it than yeah. just gymnastics. Yeah. Another go. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, at first when, when all the announcements were, you know, NCAAs is being canceled, I think everyone, one, I don't think we understood because, okay, let me backtrack. I feel like every day the coronavirus has become a bigger thing. Every day we find more information. Every day we kind of get more weary about it and we're taking better precautions each day. So when I think when it was first announced that NCAAs was canceled, I think everyone was freaking out like, oh my gosh, like how could you do this? Like that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, we have to make the safest call. We have to make the yeah. safest call considering USAG and their insane lack of care for the safety of the athletes week. Mm-hmm. And, and this is more than just gymnastics. We've talked about this. It's, it's all the other teams that are getting robbed of their, their senior season or their season in general. We have to make this call and protect them because imagine if we didn't imagine if we didn't, we went to NCAs and we had like fatalities like what if something what if someone got super sick I mean essentially the whole team could have been infected and then the whole uh, people near like we have to take those safety precautions um because at the end like senior or not at some point well especially the seniors that was gonna NCAs was gonna be their last meet right if if they made it that far that was gonna be their last meet so at some point or another it's gonna come to an end and their life goes on 
I did gymnastics for 20 years of my life and I have the whole rest of my life ahead of me without gymnastics. And it would have been so selfish for us to put those girls in a situation like that, that one, maybe didn't feel that dangerous in the moment, or maybe when you're even at NCAAs, you're obviously you're not going to be thinking about the coronavirus, but what happens when you leave and you get on the plane the next day and you're feeling sick and then it, yeah. it, and things get really, really bad health-wise, like you're going to regret that. And then it's going to fall back in NCA and then who knows what could have happened. So unfortunately, yeah, no, it, it is heartbreaking. It's devastating for those girls, all the girls, every gymnast, every athlete in sport getting robbed of their season, but we have to make safe plays like this. Yeah. And another thing to think about, because I was one of those people that was kind of like, why is the NCAA being so hasty in Mm -hmm. canceling? Why can't we just push it to later, see how things go? We don't know. Well, yeah, you don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. And then you also think about, okay, we do get back to normal, especially in gymnastics. These girls have not been doing their normal training and conditioning. They are not going to be in competition ready as soon as we're all back. So we can't schedule this thing for two months later because you've got to assume you're starting back at square one with all of your training. So basically we need another like nine months for these girls to get ready for uh, And then all of the stamina that they have been building over season in preparation for those long weekends of postseason, like it would just be too long of a process and so along with risking, you know, their their health when it comes to this virus, you also got to take into consideration their physical abilities oh, to yeah. just throw themselves back into the gauntlet of a postseason. That's not oh, realistic. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, and I think of teams like Florida who last year it didn't end up the way they wanted to and their season ended I shortly. Mean. And then now this, like... If you would have told us at the beginning of January, like, hey, season's going to end like mid-March or beginning of March. No, it's mid-March. Mid-March because of a virus, we would have been like, Mm -hmm. what? That didn't even make sense. And everything's done. Everything. Like the whole world has come to a standstill. It's mind-boggling, man. It really is. It feels like a bad movie. but Truly. Incredibly heartbreaking. I hope that, you know, all of the seniors and and the gymnasts who are having to kind of cope with this year being over are finding, you know, peace in the midst of this chaos because uh, obviously life is bigger than sports, but this one is incredibly difficult just because of how much of yourself you put into a sport like gymnastics. So we will obviously talk with Maggie about that here in a bit and see kind of how she's been dealing with all of it. I'm sure each gymnast is handling it differently, uh, but we'll see how she's kind of processing. Uh, Definitely want to touch real quickly on how this is affecting the elite world, which honestly, there isn't a ton of clarity with that one just yet. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys real quickly about bet online. I'm not the type of personality that usually dabbles in betting because I just feel like I don't have good enough luck for it. But this situation actually gives me a little bit more confidence to maybe give it a try. And especially right now when we're all just like sitting at home waiting out this craziness, you can have some fun betting at betonline.com. I know without March Madness or any of the leagues, uh, it feels like kind of a weird time for any of this to still be going on, but betonline.com still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. So fun little games for you to pass the time with. And sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, 
American Idol, if you count that as a sport. <laughs> uh, the elections, spelling bee. I mean, come on. And even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Wow. I mean, if you're betting on a hot dog contest, mad respect. Uh, there's still a lot of fun to be had. So go to betonline.com and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So for our listeners, you can get 50% of your welcome bonus with our promo code MYPOD100. Bet online because the fun never ends. Okay, so obviously this virus has affected the NCAA world hugely, but everyone's still kind of unsure if or how it's going to affect the elite world in regards to the 2020 Olympic Games. And as of uh, about 12 hours ago, the International Olympic Committee had given a statement that they are, of course, considering alternatives if the virus makes it impossible to hold the Tokyo Games this summer. But President Thomas Bach, I may be saying that incorrectly, apologize if so, but I'm going with it. Thomas Bach indicated in an interview with the New York Times that cancellation is not an option. He uh, was actually a fencer, I believe, who was um, on the Olympic team that did not get to participate in the games due to the boycott that happened during the Moscow Olympics. And so he is very, very geared toward not taking this away from the athletes. He Hmm. just feels very strongly about it. And so when asked, he says, my priority is to give this experience to the athletes. Whether it will be postponed is something that they are not really um, elaborating on right now. They have plenty of time. I mean, the Olympics won't happen until July. So uh, we've, we've got time in that regard. So he's not really speaking on that. But he is taking the opportunity to be vocal about the fact that canceling is not something that they are discussing. So that's kind of where we are right now. Um, He said, I can sympathize with these athletes because of my experience, Box said. For an athlete, the worst thing for preparation is the uncertainty that distracts from training and preparations. And honestly, that's got to be such a huge thing that these these gymnasts are dealing with right now. I've seen videos of of some of them still training and, and working on upgrades and things, but that just adds another level to it that sure. there's somewhat of an uncertainty of when they're training for. Yeah, or what they're training for, if they're training for anything. Uh, you know, it, that that definitely puts a damper. And I mean, and we've talked about. I mean, Just Love was canceled. We so there's been other events that they can't even put their routines to use for. Um, yeah. so it's not normally, I mean, they, they normally the elite season, especially this time gearing up for the Olympics, you'd have meets like Jesslo and Jim Nicks, and then of course championships and classics along the way. But it's like, those things, are they even going to happen? So what do we do in the meantime? How do we, how do we like lower our intensity in training? Right. But what if they still like, what if we still do get to compete? What if this coronavirus gets cured tomorrow? Like it, there's so right. much uncertainty, so many unknowns. Um, and in terms of training and not even just the gymnasts going into the Olympics, but all sports, it's like, it, that's just really going to take a damper on how, how their training process is continuing. And if we get to a point where all the facilities are forced to close, training isn't even an option right, anymore. Right, right. And I Which, mean, I'm a coach. My gym's closed right now. And the, I mean, everyone has to take precautions. I mean, the gym, yeah. everyone knows the gym is just like this dirty, sweaty, like 
place full of little children. I mean, it's perfect breeding grounds for like illnesses like this. I mean, we, we have to, we have to take proper precautions for sure. Yeah. Uh, basically in his interview, Bach essentially ruled out cancellation of the game saying it is not on the agenda, but he huh. refused to give a direct answer about a potential postponement. So obviously the IOC is getting a little bit of heat because sure. people feel like we understand that you're committed to this and we appreciate that, but you have to give clarity to the people involved, i.e. Right. the athletes. Right. So I'm not sure how much longer they can stall. Um, but just given the, the implications on training, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're not throwing the white flag just yet. And and maybe I'm alone in that. And please forgive me. If so, we can all have our own opinions. No one needs to spread hate. My thing is if we have ample time to see how this thing pans out, canceling the Olympics too soon could be disastrous. Absolutely. I respect the committee saying, cancellation is not on the table right now. It doesn't have to be. We are still several months away from the Olympics and we can see how this pans out. I I couldn't agree more. I think there's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns, and um, I, I don't think we should count it out just yet. No, I don't either. I, I do respect that they need to give um, a little more insight to to their conversations and their meetings. And maybe the athletes are being told more than the general public, sure. I, I would assume so. Uh, but it, it as far as cancellation, I'm, I'm happy to hear that that's not happening yet. A- at a time when literally everything is being taken, uh, it's it's a little glimmer of hope that we still have the, the Olympic Games to look forward to. So obviously we will be monitoring that and seeing the developments in the coming weeks or months. Okay, everybody. Well, the moment you've all been waiting for, we are finally going to bring Maggie Nichols in to talk all about this chaos, <laughs> her career, and and kind of everything that she's been dealing with during this time. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys real quickly about True Classic Tees. Super excited about a new sponsor for our show. Style is changing. Formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in because all we are doing is lounging. And honestly... <laughs> I like to be comfortable when I'm stuck at home in a quarantine, sure. you know, but sure. I also don't want to look like a complete slob. I feel so, that. So, you know, like casual chic, I guess. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in LA and a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. They're incredibly versatile. You could wear them out whenever we get the opportunity to go back out. <laughs> uh, you can wear them to work out or you can wear them around the house like now, which Apparently, we're going to be doing forever. I love something that I can wear multiple ways because oh, yeah. then I, I just like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. uh, yes, I love things like that. And that's what these are. The best part, they're very cheap, which I also love. <laughs> Only $15. And now you can get them for even less. All you have to do is go to trueclassictees.com and use the code BLEAV for 20% off. So that's the name of our podcast network, Believe, BLEAV, at trueclassictees.com. Honestly, we all need to do a little online shopping right now. We also <laughs> we really need to. to. It's it's therapy. We also need to be supporting small business. Uh, I just I I've seen how many are being hit very strongly by this and and consumerism is obviously going to take a hit. So anything that we can do to be helping small businesses is great. And who doesn't love a comfy, versatile, well-priced t-shirt? Like, come on, (laughs) this will make your day. So make sure you head over to trueclassictees.com 
and use our code B-L-E-A-V. All right, everybody, time to bring some light in the midst of this darkness. We really don't have to introduce her because all of you know and love her. We are so excited to welcome Maggie Nichols. Maggie, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, obviously, we have so much to talk to you about. Even the listeners have a lot of questions for you, and we're going to get to all of that. But want to start out with the obvious. Just go ahead and get it out of the way. McKenna and I have already mm-hmm. been talking in depth just about everything that's been going on, you know, with the coronavirus and uh, the season being canceled mm-hmm. and that decision by mm-hmm. the NCAA. And I, I just want to hear it from your perspective, kind of how you've been dealing with not just the abrupt end of your season, but of your career. Yeah, so, I mean, hearing the news, we were in the middle of practice, and um, she pulled us into the team room and told us the news, and I was completely devastated and heartbroken. I just broke down into tears, and um, I think all the seniors on our team were very heartbroken. And, um, you know, it's been really hard for me to wrap my head around the whole situation, especially this season being done, but, you know, my career being finished. Um, but you know, it really helped me gain a new perspective on, you know, treat every single day or every single practice, like it's your last, because, yeah. you know, after that practice, like I, after that last dream routine that I did, I never thought that would be my last one, you know? So it's just, mm-hmm. it's just crazy to wrap the whole thing around and around my head. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, stay positive with everything and just, to continue to, you know, stick around my friends and just talk with them and, um, but you know, it's been very difficult and it's, it, it's really sad that, you know, my career is over with, but you know, I'm just trying to be positive. You kind of going into season, like you always have kind of a vision of how you want to do things and, and how you and your team want to finish. And I mean, it was like taken from you guys and you guys are a team that are always so set on fire. I mean, each year you guys are, you set the standard for yourselves and you guys get better mm-hmm. every year. Um, Taylor and I talk about all the time and we leave it to to a certain point because it's like, we, how do we even talk about OU? You guys get 198.4s. <laughs> y'all are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't yeah. imagine, I mean, obviously that score, those scores happen because of the hard work you guys put in. So I, I'm mm-hmm. devastated for you guys and I'm, I'm so sorry that you guys couldn't finish the way you wanted to. Yeah, it, it is very hard. I mean, every single team, I mean, we've all worked, you know, through preseason and season and everyone was doing so incredible this year. So it's just, yeah. it's really sad for every single team. But I mean, I like OU, um, I don't know, we were just kind of like on a fire and we were kind of building up and getting higher on the mountain and just getting better and better. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really sad, but um, I don't know. We ended on a great note, which is all we could ask for. Let's talk about your career a little bit. Um, I just, I'm so inspired by your story and I know so many gymnasts are, I mean, all athletes have obstacles to overcome, but yours, yours were really on a a grand and public scale, obviously not Mm -hmm. making the 2016 Olympic team. And a lot of people felt like, you know, you got robbed and and that there were underlying reasons that had nothing to do with your skill, which is just a really Mm -hmm. difficult way to see your elite career end. But that sent you ultimately into your college career and you took the NCAA Mm -hmm. world by freaking storm. So in a way it was, it was a rainbow after the rain. Talk to me a little Mm -hmm. bit about everything you were going through at that time and, and how college Mm -hmm. gymnastics kind of revitalized you after all those challenges. Yeah. 
So before Olympic trials, I actually had a knee injury um, a few months before, so I had to go undergo surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so c- building up before Olympic trials was probably one of the most difficult times of my life just because, you know, I was at such a high and I was probably at the best that I ever was before that knee surgery. And so being at that high and then getting hurt and then trying to train for the biggest meet of my whole entire career that I've been dreaming for for my whole entire life and then not being quite at my my best going into the competition and then not making the team, it kind of all just built it and built it. But, you know, once I didn't make that team, I kind of, you know, I was very disappointed, but I took kind of a step back and like realized how far I did make it, even with the injury and, you know, everything that I did go through before that as well. And, um, you know, after not making the team, I decided to, you know, go to OU and come to school almost right away. Um, So Olympic trials were in July and I went to school in August. So not a quick break in between there. (laughs) And um, coming to school, you know, just changed my whole perspective on gymnastics. And I, you know, fell in love with the sport once Mm -hmm. again. And, um, you know, just having these coaches and the team and elites more of individual um and then coming to school is more of like a team atmosphere and I wasn't used to that so yeah it just I just had so much joy going into practice and competing and going to school and being a regular student it was just something <laughs> that I really needed after everything that I've been through but it was yeah I don't know coming to school it just changed my life completely no, it's, it's so That's true. Awesome. You, you go to, you know, you go to college and it's like this whole new world of gymnastics. It gives you a whole new purpose and like a way to like revamp your own gymnastics. It's like, you're, you're doing it for something bigger exactly. than just like trying to place or like get a medal. And it's like, I don't know that that becomes so mundane and especially in the elite world and, and especially like the route that you were in, like it was so difficult mm-hmm. and I can't imagine, mm-hmm. um, just the mentality of things and, and the physical demands and going to college, like if you need to rest, they can put someone else in and like they work with you and, exactly. they, and they, you know, they, they mm-hmm. handle you as an athlete and as a human being. And I think that is yeah. such a big, um, big shift. So I, I, you, I mean, you've absolutely crushed it. Um, so yeah. some questions from the, um, from the Instagram world. And okay, listeners, listen, a lot of you asked the same question. So I'm just going to ask the question. And if you asked it, awesome. So um, a lot of people wanted to know what made you choose OU. I, I can't imagine how many offers you had on the table. And, you know, with, with teams like mm-hmm. Florida and UCLA, like, you know, big competitive names, what made you choose OU? Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually I went to a camp here when I was like 10 years old. So I came oh. with, um, yeah, I came with Brie Olsen and Jesse Dezeal. I don't know if the listeners know who those girls are, but they're an incredible gymnasts. Um, so they invited me to come to camp with them when I was like 10 and then, um, you know, when I was 10, of course, I like loved it. I thought it was so fun. But through the years, I got offers. I went on different visits. Um, I came to OU like once or twice. And I don't know, every time I came here, I just felt like I was at home. Like I just mm-hmm. felt so welcomed by the girls. I felt so welcomed by the coaches. And the coaches reminded me of my, my club coaches back home. And I also felt like I had a great balance between academics and athletics. And it just felt... I felt that sooner magic within me. And so I just felt like it was, it was home for me. So that's, that's the reason I picked it. That home body thing is so real. It's so real. Like it you, is. Can, you can go mm-hmm. visit so many different universities and you're like, Oh, like I could see myself here. But like when you go to that one place where it's like, Oh my, no, this is, this is home. Like you have butterflies mm-hmm. and it's like, you really yeah. feel like those people are family that, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. You guys had 
as OU as a team, you guys have had so many incredible moments, so many big mm-hmm. championship wins, but what was your favorite gymnastics moment? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to pick a favorite because there's so many incredible moments. Um, but I think my favorite moment was winning the national championship as a team in 2019 because that year we went through so many different obstacles. I yeah. mean, starting with like injuries and all that stuff, but we had the passing of Dave, Dave Richardson, um, our trainer's husband, in which he was like our like our team dad kind of. We were all super close with him. Um, Jen's like our mom here pretty much. And so that was just something that we all had to go through together. And, um, you know, Jen was our strength through the whole entire our whole entire um, season. And, you know, after he passed, we had a whole new perspective and we had, um, you know, we, we always said do it for Dave and we had the hashtag on our hand and the ribbon on our backs. And so when we won, we, we all said we did it for him and we were all Mm -hmm. looking up at this guy and it was just, it's such an incredible moment and I'm, you know, getting shivers right now thinking about it, but I think that's for sure my favorite moment. Um, Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was just so special. I remember when you guys, won that one um because i i remember i saw the tears and you guys like did you guys have blue ribbons in your hair too yes yeah i mm-hmm. i remember that because that year lsu we had lost gracie and i know you guys had lost dave and so i think that year is like mm-hmm. more than just about winning it was you know we had a bigger oh, yeah. purpose for that so watching you guys win, like, we i remember us as a team we felt for you guys and we knew that it just, it meant more and it was a really special moment. So yeah. that, that's, that is mm-hmm. awesome. That's really cool. Well, that's when sports kind of have their most power when, when you kind of have something that's bigger than it and you're using that platform mm-hmm. to shed light on something more important. I remember that year too. And, and just the coverage and how special, I mean, like it was palpable how much it meant to you guys that year. So I, I totally mm-hmm. understand that. Let me ask you, Maggie, when you look over the scope of your elite career and then your college career, I mean, obviously you're going to go down in history as one of the greatest college gymnasts ever. It just seemed like such an easy fit for you. Uh, what was mm-hmm. it about college gymnastics that made you thrive so well? Um, well, I think just like the elite training, um, my background with training and everything. But, you know, my elite career wasn't quite the same as my college career. I was mm-hmm. never a, stand- a standout or anything like that. I was, I was kind of the one that was in the back a little bit. Um, So coming to school and, um, yeah, coming to college, uh, and having the team atmosphere, I think that's really what helped me grow and helped me be my best when I was competing. Just knowing that I have the team and the coaches behind me and everyone was supporting me. It just felt like a different atmosphere when I was competing and training out. I think I just, I had so much more joy when I was training and competing. And I think that's what really helped me grow as a gymnast and helped me grow as a person that helped me become the best gymnast that I possibly could. And I don't know, I just think I was having so much more fun, which I think helped me with all my success. I just think it's a great lesson because obviously there was heartbreak associated with the end of Mm -hmm. your elite career, but then flash forward and look at how much you achieved in college and and how much it did for Mm -hmm. you as a person like that, that means the Mm -hmm. world. Exactly. Well, give me a little insight into your mentality because watching you compete, it just seems like you are so unfazed by any of it. Pressure doesn't <laughs> exist when you're out there. But give me uh-huh. a little insight into 
uh, each apparatus and kind of which ones you feel most comfortable with, kind of what mm-hmm. you were focused on for each one? Because I'm sure young gymnasts out there look at you and go, how is she not nervous? Like, talk to us a little bit <laughs> of how, how you got to that point of mental confidence and, and maybe your approach mm-hmm. to each event. Well, one thing for me, um, before I talk about each event, but one thing for me um, in the gym, I kind of tell myself, like, before like, I'll do a vault, I'll be like, okay, this is um, vault final, or I'll be like, mm-hmm. um, I'm competing. Like I kind of tell myself those little, those little things that give me a little bit more pressure. Um, I do that on every single event. Um, not all the time, but I do that every once in a while. So then that's one thing that really does help me when I compete. But, um, so on vault, I'm usually not like too nervous, but I think I'm more nervous about the landing. Like I just think if I think about sticking it, I probably won't stick right. it. Right. But the vaults right. that I do stick, the vaults that I do stick are the ones that I just think about the technique and the words that I say to myself, like before I go. Um, so on vault, I really just try to think of the technique and the, um, the words and the, everything that I say to myself in practice, um, bars, I, okay. Bars and beam, I get pretty nervous for beforehand, but hmm. you know, before I go on each of those, I just tell myself just like in the gym. Yeah. So I think that kind of eases my mind before I go, but um, and then floor, I get nervous for, but I just really like to have fun and show yeah. off my dance and everything like that. And just to do it like I do it in practice. That's something that I always tell myself, just do it like I do it in practice. But um, I don't know, competing can be very nerve wracking. But for me, I love to feed off the crowd and the energy and um, everyone cheering for me. Like I don't add that as extra pressure. I add that mm-hmm. as people supporting me. And um, I don't know, I just feed off that energy. So I do love competing, even though it is very nerve wracking. But it is very fun. That's so true. You you have to, you have to go in and, and it doesn't matter how big the arena is or how big the crowd is. You, you have to, and I think you're very much a half glass full type of person. I mean, just mm-hmm. in talking to you in these few minutes here and um, just kind of knowing you as a gymnast and watching you, you're very much someone that, you know, is always ready to turn the page and start fresh and, and look at the bright side of yeah. things. And you have to yeah. in those situations where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I could be totally nervous right now and like go out and like yeah. ruin it. Or like I can, you know what, you know what, this is actually exciting. This is fun. Like you have to almost mm-hmm. talk yourself into that a little bit. Okay. These are two fun questions. What is your favorite okay. event? I mean, it's not that fun, okay. but what is your favorite event? <laughs> and what was your favorite leotard that you got to wear? Okay. Um, well, I like these questions. So the favorite event thing is kind of hard for me to pick a favorite. It kind of okay. just depends on the day. Yes. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but to compete, I really like to compete floor just because you can really kind of interact with the crowd yeah. and your, your teammates and everything. So I think to compete, my favorite event is floor, but to train, I think it's bars and beans. Um, and then my favorite leotard was, um, the one, okay, I don't know how to explain it, but the Leo we wore day one of nationals 2019 and then our home Leo this year. My two favorite Leos. Can you describe them a little bit? Yeah. So our home Leo this year, um, has like a ton of jewels on the front and then on the back it has, it's like open a little bit. And then it says like boomer sooner on the back. So I don't know. I just, I love like the one with like the keyhole in the front, like the little, that was, yeah, that was day one of nationals. Okay, That's okay, the okay, one. Okay. Yep, with the keyhole in the front. Yeah. It has kind of it kind of has like stripes on it with like yeah. a lot of jewels. I don't know why I just like I loved that Leo and like the hole in the front. And then the home Leo, I like I love Leos with like holes in the back for some yeah. reason. I, I think they're so cute. But 
Yeah, y'all have some snazzy Leos. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty <laughs> envious of it. Okay, I have a couple favorites for you. So what was your favorite floor routine from your career? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good question. So my favorite floor routines are probably my freshman year with music, mm-hmm. Don't Let Me Down. That was yep, awesome. I love that one. Yes. Might have memorized it, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could still do it right now. Like I, I still, I still know it like every step. Um, so that one, and then my senior year this year, I think this year was just very different for me from like my whole entire career, elite, elite gymnastics and college. Yeah. I think it was just so incredibly different. So I just, I loved it and I loved competing it. So I love that. Okay. My other one is who growing up or even now, who has always been your favorite gymnast, one that you kind of looked up to during your career? Yeah, so when I was little, um, and still now, um, I looked up to Carly Patterson. Mm-hmm. So 2004 Aww. Olympics was probably the first Olympics that I watched um, yeah. when I was little. And so ever since um, I watched the Olympics, I loved her. Like, I watched her on on TV all the time. My parents would record it for me so I could watch it over and over, and I think I watched it every single day. Um, but, you know, I, I always just looked up to her because she was a very powerful gymnast, and, um, you know, I just wanted to be just like her. So. I love that. So there is a lot of talk just because of the circumstances right now in terms of, you know, I mean, a lot of fans are saying, you know, gymnasts, especially, um, they deserve a fifth year. They deserve, you know, I mean, whether Mm -hmm. that's possible or not, if that became an option, is that something you would consider of coming back and finishing and having to do a whole nother season or what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Yeah, so it's it's kind of hard to think about it right now just because we haven't been granted that extra year yet. Right. But, I mean, I have definitely thought about it quite a bit just because, you know, coming up a little bit, like, we didn't get to compete our whole season. It's just, right. it's hard not to be able to go to Big 12s again or going to regionals again or going to nationals again. But, you know, us seniors have been through so many years of gymnastics and our bodies have been through so many different injuries and mm-hmm. everything like that. So it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of different things and um that I would have to consider come if I were to come back um but I don't know I haven't really decided if I would come back or not yet just because of different things that my body is going through and um and everything like that but I mean it's definitely I would definitely have to consider like for a while just because I would want that year back but um yeah you know I'm not 100 percent well, if gymnastics is, in fact, a chapter that you have closed, what is next for you, Maggie? What are some some things that you want to <laughs> accomplish in the next phase of your life? Yes. So I'm actually taking a fifth year. Um, so I'm going to finish up some classes and then start my master's. And then nice. I'm going to be like the volunteer coach um, here oh. at OU. Yep. Just to get experience with that and see if I like college coaching and everything like that. Learn the ropes a little bit. Um, and then I want to get um, an internship with like sports broadcasting. Um, I know there's a few opportunities here at OU or, um, you know, look a little bit further out, but that's definitely something that I want to do. But sports broadcasting is my main goal right now. So that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I, 
I just think that your story, while it maybe didn't have the ending that anyone prepared or, uh, you know, expected, you still have so much, uh, you know, inspiration to share with the world and wisdom to share with the world. And uh, I, I know so many gymnasts look up to you and everything that you overcame and everything that you accomplished. So congratulations on one heck of a career. And we certainly wish you the best in whatever you do next. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Well, everybody, that wraps it up for this week's edition of Chalk Talk. Thank you so much for listening to us. Like we said at the beginning, our thoughts and prayers are with everyone as we go through this insane time in the world. Everybody just, you know, spread love, spread kindness. That's all we can do at a time like this. And subscribe to our podcast because we'll be giving you entertainment every week and we're all getting really tired of watching the same stuff on Netflix. So make sure you don't miss a single episode. We have another great guest planned for next week. I'll leave you a little cliffhanger on that one. So make sure you don't miss any of the action. So thank you so much for listening. Everyone stay safe. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.